here we go. Focus. Proverbs 4, the passage of scripture that Gina just mentioned, Proverbs 4 and verse 25 says this, let your eyes look straight ahead, let your eyelids look right before you, come on, not just your eyes, let your eyelids, meaning your head and your whole body, look straight ahead, come on. Good, uh, the God's Word translation says, let your eyes look straight ahead and your sight be focused in front of you. In other words, don't look forward and say, yeah, I want to do that, but you're thinking about 27 different other things. You're doing something over here with this arm. You're doing something up here with this hand. This leg over here is doing something else. I, I can't move this one, but, uh, you know, you got your other leg doing something. Uh, but the Bible says, be focused on what's straight ahead. Be focused on what's in front of you. We started out this series talking about uh, being focused and how you have to do that and how there are many obstacles in our way and sometimes we have baggage and sometimes we just have to leave the baggage behind. We have to get rid of those things, those weights that so easily trip us up, as Hebrew says. Uh, there's obstacles in our way and sometimes we just need to, you can't do everything. I've learned that I've, I'm not a fan uh, of multitasking, even though I did that very well, I, I thought, uh, in the corporate world, even here. Uh, at church doing different things when I'm in the office but uh, you know sometimes you have to multitask uh, but most of the time it's not beneficial for you because you don't get to enjoy any of the things that you're doing focus on one thing enjoy it and get it done and have something accomplished come on somebody focus and then we talked about seeing clearly I've got to be able to see clearly you know the book of Psalms says that in thy light David says we shall see light. In thy light, we shall see light. In other words, with the revelation that God gives us, that's where we're able to see and see clearly. We look here, we look to the left and we look to the right and we try to do so many other things without first acknowledging God, praying, reading scripture, asking the Lord which way we should go. And how many know when we ask, he'll shine a light. In fact, he is the light. Jesus is the light, the light of the world. Come on. He said, let there be light. He hadn't created the sun, moon, stars. He just revealed himself. He is the light. In thy light, we shall see light. Last week, we began this thought about running a race. We talked about Paul's, uh, his, his oratory in, in Corinthians where he said, listen, uh, you know, I've, I've run the race. I've kept the faith. Come on, and he, I, I finished the race. That's what we're going to talk about today. I kept the faith throughout the whole time, no matter what happened. Whether I won or lost, I played to win the game. I kept the faith throughout. Come on. Today I want to talk to you for a few minutes about finishing the race. Finishing the race and how important it is for us to focus. This is our theme at our church for this year, focus, 2018. It's going to be a year of focus. There's some things we need to cut off, folks. Yeah, there's some things in our lives, some things that we're concentrating. And everything that we need to cut off or stop doing is not necessarily sin or evil. I believe that that verse of scripture in Hebrews, uh, it says, you know, let's set aside every weight and sin. Let's set aside every weight and sin 
that so easily besets us. So every weight might not necessarily be sin. There's some good things in our life that are holding us from our purpose and our destiny. We've heard it a hundred times that good is the greatest enemy of best. Come on. It'll distract you sometimes, but we want to go for the best. And it's important to focus. Think about it. You focus, uh, you focus for a purpose. There's a reason that we have to focus. We're not doing it just for no reason at all. I mean, you focus on an education so that you'll gain knowledge and have a career, a job and a career, don't you? You focus on what you eat so you can be healthy. Some of us do. Some of you, maybe. Right? You have a purpose for it. You focus on what you spend so that you're able to keep account of your finances, so that you're able to use them the way you want to use them at some point. That's why you focus. Come on. You focus on your time uh, so that you reduce stress in your life. Come on. And you're able to, to, to put that time to good use for you. Redeem the time for the days are evil, the Bible says. Our focus has a purpose. There are reasons we must focus. Here's what we need to understand. We're going to get to an end. We're going to get to an end. And I'm not just talking about your physical death. The end of every, we're going to get to the end of a job. We're going to get to the end of a lot of things in our life. Some things will go until our death. Like marriage, we hope. Come on. Like you being healthy, those types of things. Right? But there's things in our life that are going to come to an end. There are things, there are seasons in our life. Uh, that come and go. There are some in here who are <clears throat> retired and uh, they have transitioned to another part of their life. Come on. And then finally, we will get to the end of this life here. Come on. We're going to get to the end. And so we can think about the end. We can think about our 401k. We can think about our retirement plan. We can think about heaven is our home. When we, get, when we all get to heaven, what a glorious day it's going to be. I love the song, and I love thinking about that. But guess what? In the meantime, you're here right now. You're living. You can't wait till you feel like it to start living. Come on. You're living right here, right now. And you must focus on what God has put in your hands right now. In order to get to the end that God has for you, you must focus on the right now. Come on. With the thought in mind of the future, but in order to get there, we got to focus on what's in front of us. What are we talking about focus? Here's our definition we've been using. Focus means this, <clears throat> means to adapt to the prevailing level of light. Now remember, Jesus is our light. Jesus lights our path. His word is a what? Lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We need to adapt to the prevailing level of light. That's how we focus. You can't make up focus. Come on. You ever tried to get up at night? I remember one time, well, more than once, uh, and I don't know why this happens at you know, 3 a.m. in the morning, uh, but we have this alarm system, and uh, it only seems to go off at 3 a.m., you know, which makes me think, okay, there must be a burglar or a robber in the house. Uh, but a lot of times just one of the contacts has come loose or something like that's happened. And uh, why can't it come loose at 3 in the afternoon, you know? But 3 a.m., you know, and, and I wake up out of sleep. Actually, I'm kind of still asleep. And Dietrich kind of is like, you better go see what's going on down there. Oh, you know. 
and you try to go throughout the house and it's dark and even though you know the lay of the land you still kind of bump into things and you're not really sure and you're trying to see and I don't know if that's a burglar or I don't know if that's my coat that I didn't hang up or what's going on and you're trying to focus uh, you need light so you turn on the light we can't focus in the dark Jesus is our light you'll never be able to focus and navigate your life in this world without the light of Christ showing you the path come on we need to be able to see clearly and I love these verbs uh, these words that go along with it steer target train come on these are action words what do I say verb that's what's happening come on train aim that's a little from conjunction junction you know what was it? Schoolhouse Rock. You guys don't know. You guys don't know Schoolhouse Rock, but it's verb. That's what's happening. Attempt, cast, concentrate, contemplate, direct. We must do that in order to get rid of our distractions. How many know that we are in a race? Now, when I say a race, I'm not talking about a race that we necessarily need to run fast, that type of race. But Paul compared life to a race, a marathon, as it were. I mean, hopefully we have long life. With long life, I will satisfy you, the Lord says. And so this race is a marathon. There are days when you're running great, and you're headed to pack. There are some days when you trip and fall because you, you try to hurdle, and you didn't quite get over the hurdle, and everybody else is going before you. But you get back up, and you keep going because it's not stopping, nor can you stop. I, I love what, what Coach Herm Edwards says. Listen. If we're not playing to win, why are we doing it? Quit. Get out. Yeah, I mean, why are you here? Why are you here? This is a race that we're running. This is, we're in a battle. I know you didn't ask for the battle, but you're in a battle. And if you don't battle, your adversary certainly will. Come on. If you sit and do nothing, come on. Something's going to happen, but it won't be the result you want. Something's going to happen. Paul said this. He said, I finished my race. Remember 2 Timothy chapter 4 last week? He said, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. Now, he was at the end of his life. That's what he was talking about. He said, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, and I've kept the faith. We can learn from Paul looking back at his life, but we're not where Paul is. You're not where Paul is today. Not yet. Not yet. So we can learn from him looking back at his life, but we need to use that to live the rest of our life. Come on. We can look at what he did do, and then we can then do that. I love when that uh, guy came up years ago uh, with that saying, and now it's uh, very cliche-ish, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Remember, and uh, there were wristbands and necklaces and T-shirts, and actually that fulfilled a scripture. You know, God said, bind the word, or, you know, bind the word around your neck and never forget it. So I, I love that saying, uh, but you know what I love even more? I love an upgraded saying to that. What did Jesus do? Not just what would he do, because we don't have to guess. We can look back and see what he did do. In this case, what did Paul do? What did he say? How can we live our life? He says, I have fought the fight, the good fight. Oh, we need to fight the fight. Come on. It's before us. He says, I finished the race. We need to understand we need to keep going so that we can finish. And he said, I have kept the faith. We need to keep the faith. Keep the faith. If you have your Bible this morning, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 
1 Corinthians chapter 9, I won't be before you long this morning, but I just want, we talked last week about running the race. I want to talk to you this week about finishing the race. Focus and finish the race. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. If you are, get discouraged. If you are discouraged, get over it. Come on. Get back up. Come on. You know, I said before, I, 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 I love these sports analogies, and so uh, it's just, you know, kind of one of my things. I, I really get a lot of lessons out of some sports. Recently, in basketball, in the NBA, uh, they, you know, there's been this thing about the players complaining and the referees not calling the right calls. It's really escalated this year. And uh, so there's this big thing going on that, the, you know, you see certain plays and the refs are making the wrong calls and all this kind of stuff. And the, and, the, and the refs are saying, well, the players complain all game long and they complain at everything. So they got this, this little riff here going on uh, between these uh, two factions. And so uh, the, the NBA is saying, well, people can't watch good basketball because half the game is a, a referees and the players fighting over some call and everybody else just wants to see the game. And so uh, one uh, person, one announcer who was a former coach came up and said, look, you know, uh, the rules are the rules and there are sometimes when you get bad calls, but you can't stop playing the game because you got a bad call. And, I, I, you know, I, I, of course, I take everything, you know, to heart. When I, when I heard that, I said, you know what, man, my, you know, I'm watching my team, and I didn't think that was fair with the, what the referee said. Uh, but you know what? He's right. He's right. There are times in life where we get a bad call. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to stay there at that moment in time and sulk over the bad call that you got? Someone talked about you, and I didn't do that thing. They said I said that thing, and I didn't say it. You're going to stay at that point in your life? That's what your enemy wants you to do. He's just trying to distract you. Or are you going to move forward in life? Listen to what Paul says, because our race is still being run. Chapter 9 of 1 Corinthians, verse 24. Reading from the New King James Version, he says this. He says, do you not know that those who run a race all run. Everybody in the race runs. But one receives the prize. So he's saying to you, he's, he's, he's giving us encouragement. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. He says, this is what I'm trying to get to. But we, for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Are you hearing him this morning? Not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body, and I bring it into subjection. That's why we fast, by the way. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. What is Paul saying here? He's saying you play to win the game. I, he said, I'm not, I'm not running just like I'm beating the air. I'm not doing it for nothing. I'm going for the prize. I'm going for the imperishable crown that God has for me. Let me tell you something else. I believe that what Paul is talking about here is not just for salvation. It's not just for going to heaven. Because he said in Philippians, 
uh, either chapter 2 or chapter 3, he said, Forget, forgetting those things that are behind me. And I look straight ahead. Come on. My eyes look straight before me. My eyelids look before me. And I focus. And I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. I don't believe that's salvation. I don't believe it's just salvation. I believe that those of us who have obtained salvation, Paul is saying, that's great, but it's not the finish line. It is only the beginning. It's only the start. We start at the cross, and we finish at the tabernacle when God tabernacles with us. Come on. That's where we finish. Right now, we're still in the race. And he says, as long as I'm in it, I fight. I fight. I discipline my body. I bring it under subjection so that when I preach to others, I myself won't be disqualified. He's talking about the high calling, the maturity in Christ, getting to where our, we meet our purpose face to face, focusing so that we get to our destiny. I hate to live my whole life and never fulfill the purpose that I was created for. I've heard it so many times. I can't remember who said it first, but I've heard it so many times that the two greatest moments of my life are the day that I was born and the day that I found out why. The day that I found out why. Why am I here? Why am I here? You see, success is not only the beginning. Come on. Success is not only in the beginning, but it's also in the finishing. Right? Success is not a destination, but it's a journey. And we have to finish the journey. A man named Gary Ryan Blair said this. He says, do more than what is required. What is the distance between someone who achieves their goals consistently and those who spend their lives and careers merely following? He said, it's the extra mile. I discipline my body. I bring it under subjection. Another man said, whenever you have taken up work in your hand, you must see it to the finish. That is the ultimate secret to success. Never, never, never give up. Paul Bear Bryant, coach of Alabama Crimson Tide, said this. He said, don't give up at halftime. Concentrate on winning the second half. In other words, let's finish. Let's not go so far and stop. How many, don't raise your hand, but how many are great starters? I'm a great starter. I am. I love to start stuff. I got probably six or seven, uh, you know, things, projects started. They're going good. I mean, I got messages. I got great ideas for messages, message series. God gives me something, and I just start out, and then all of a sudden, I feel like God gives me something else, so I start on that. I got about six or seven message series started. None of them finished. Come on. Concentrate on one, Michael, <laughs> and finish. <laughs> There's a singer who's uh, from England. Her name is Estelle. And uh, I, I love her quote. She said this. She said, I can't stand quitters. My mother is a very strong, determined woman. I was peeling onions, she said, when I was seven. She remembers this. She said, but I walked off when my eyes began to sting. She said to me, talking about her mother, 
You start something, you finish it. And she said, that stuck with me the rest of my life. I'm persistent. She learned to be persistent at seven years old, overcoming obstacles. It's not wrong when you're cutting onions to want to get away for a while. Come on now, if you've ever cut onions. But I think it's a great metaphor that there's going to be some onions in our life. And our eyes are going to sting sometimes and we're going to shed some tears. But you got to keep going. You cannot give up. Finish. The finisher. The finisher is one who overcomes all that is necessary to finish the dream. You overcome everything in your path. You can throw it all at me, including the kitchen sink. Throw it at me. And I'm going to overcome everything. Romans 4.21, Paul said, being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. It, it comes down to a matter of trust. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. One who comes to a completion, one who endures and ends the course successfully, that is a finisher. We need to be finishers. Let me just give you these eight finisher absolutes, I call them. These are absolutes in your life. If you're going to be a finisher, these are things that you have to know. You have to know. You know, Jesus was a finisher. Paul was a finisher. His disciples, they're finishers. If we want to be finishers in our life, if we want to focus and get to that point where we meet our purpose face to face, where we get to our destiny, why we were created, we must know these eight absolutes. First of all, they're obvious ones too. You've heard them before, but I just want to encourage you again with them. Be strong. Be strong. Take hold of the dream. Own it. You ever heard that term? Own it. Own it. Take hold of the dream. I remember there were things in my life where, and I know you, you can relate to this, where uh, I, you know, I felt like maybe either the Lord spoke to me or I felt uh, you know, to do something, but I didn't want to tell anybody about it. Just in case it didn't quite work out. You know, I didn't want to go tell Patty all this stuff uh, that was on my mind and what God was going to have me do and to have the church do and all this kind of stuff because if it didn't work out, then I got to go explain what happened. And she may say, well, what happened? I thought you said that, you know, we were going to do such and such, you know. But I just learned that God said, listen, when I speak something to you, own it because, listen, it's not on you if it fails. If God spoke it to you, take hold of it. Stand firm. Be determined to do what needs to be done. Seize it. Take hold of it. Grasp it with strength, with a strong hand, and don't let go. For a period of time, you may not understand God's planning and purpose in your life. You may be trying to grasp it. When you hear the words of God and see the vision for your life, you will feel empowered and strengthened. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't give up. And the Lord would say to you, be of good courage. Regain the strength. If you've ever fallen off, regain the strength. You can get back up. Righteous person is knocked down seven times. But that person gets back up every single time. Every time he or she gets back up, and that's how you finish Think Abraham Lincoln wasn't knocked down? Think Thomas Edison wasn't knocked down? You think Martin Luther wasn't knocked down? 
Think Martin Luther King Jr. wasn't knocked down. Come on. Think Mother Teresa wasn't knocked down. We hear so many good things. Oh, she's so sweet. Listen, she endured some hardship. Come on. You think great people weren't knocked down? Of course they were. The difference is they kept going. They got back up. Regained strength. And you know when we regain strength? When we hear God's voice. Don't stop reading your word. Don't stop praying. Because God will give you strength. You will get to the end if you faint not. Come on. Don't faint. Don't faint. Number three is pretty simple. Do it. I know Nike has to just do it. But here's what I would say. Live in the faith zone, not the safe, safe zone. I'm going to go ahead and tell Patty about what the Lord told me. Maybe she'll keep me accountable to keep up my end of the bargain. Come on. Live in the faith zone. Believe it. God said it. Believe it. Do you know, whenever Jesus would heal someone, I remember several times he, he went to heal somebody. Son of David, please don't pass me by. He would bend down to them and say, he would ask a question, do you want to be healed? Yes. Do you believe? Do you believe? Because you know what? The healing was as much on the person and their faith as it was on Jesus. Jesus had no problem healing. Jesus had the healing power. I mean, the Holy Spirit, Father God created you. He certainly has the power to heal you. So it's not on him. That's why he always said, do you believe? Do you believe? Of course, I have the power to heal you. And also, I want to do it. I want to do it. I'm able and willing. Do you believe? Live in the faith zone, not the safe zone. Number four, don't walk in fear. Don't walk in fear. Reject intimidation and doubt because your enemy certainly will intimidate you. He will certainly intimidate you. But when you're walking in fear, come on, you're not going to go very far. You're fearing something will happen. Guess what? It might. And it probably will. You can't navigate in fear. You can't do it. God told several of his prophets, his disciples, those he had called to service. He said, listen, I am with you. Do you remember when the disciples were on the boat and he came walking on the water? First thing he said, fear not, it is I. Don't walk in fear. Reject that intimidation. Reject that doubt. Listen, it's going to come. Doubt is going to come. It's going to come. But fear not. And fear not believes that God is in control and never gives up. Don't fear. Don't fear. Psalm 3.6 says, I will not be afraid. Psalm 23.4, I will fear no evil. Psalm 118.6, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. Sounds like David's talking to himself, doesn't he? And the others who wrote Psalms. Come on. Isaiah 41.10, fear not. I am with you, the Lord says. Fear not. I will help you. Fear not. Fear not, I have redeemed you. You belong to me. Fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, I am with you. Fear not, for you shall not be ashamed. Zechariah 8, 13, fear not, let your hands be strong. Does that tell you your hands can't be strong when you're walking in fear? Number five, don't, do not be discouraged. 
Do not be discouraged. All these sound kind of like the same thing, don't they? They're different angles really on the same thing. It's all about trusting and obeying God. Don't be discouraged. I know you got a bad call. I know that wasn't right. I know it wasn't right. You know, the law that they passed or whatever happened, I, it wasn't right. When the person said that thing about you, your boss at work or the other coworker got the promotion, I know it wasn't right. But God never promised you that people would treat you right and the world would treat you right. He just said, stick with me and I'll cause you to overcome. There got to be some things in your life that are not right for you to be an overcomer. Come on. And I don't know about you, I want to be an overcomer because I remember reading in Revelation where it says, listen, it says there will be people on the new earth and there will be people that will go in and come out, but the overcomer will sit in the throne room with Jesus. So if you played it safe your whole life and you were in the safe zone, never had anything to overcome, guess what? Then you can just live on the outside. It's all right. But if you want to be in with Jesus, why? Because he overcame. He overcame the cross. Come on, somebody. So don't be discouraged. Resist the attitudes that beat you down. If you're like me, it doesn't, it doesn't take much sometimes. Come on. It doesn't take much sometimes when something doesn't come through like you thought it would or like you had planned and you just knew it was going to come through. But in the end, it didn't come through. And the first thing you want to do is just get discouraged. Well, I don't even know why I try. And your head goes down. God says, hold your head up. Hold your head up. Why? Because number six, the Lord is with you. Remember who your partner is. Come on. He's the one that, that, that blew the breath of life into your body. The same one that created the universe, including your enemy. The same one that has given you power to overcome every circumstance in your life. The word of the Lord, Yahweh personal name for God your personal God is with you he's the almighty God but he is with you Exodus 3 13 Moses said to God indeed when I come to the children of Israel and say to them the God of your fathers has sent me to you and they say to me what is his name what shall I say and what did he say I am that I am is with you is with you don't forget that God is with you. And I love, I love all these names uh, throughout the Old Testament. Jehovah Jireh, he's my provider. Jehovah Rapha, he's my healer. Nissi, he's our banner. Jehovah Shalom, our peace. Jehovah Tiskanu, he's our righteousness. Shama, the Lord is there. Jehovah Ra, he's our shepherd. And then I love it in the New Testament when he told us that Jesus has been given the name that is above every name. And all of that, your banner, your healing, come on, your deliverance, all of that is wrapped up in the name of Jesus. The Lord is with you. Not emphasis on with you, emphasis on the Lord. Who is it that's with you? The Lord is with you. The almighty God, come on, creator is with you. Understand this, number seven, God will not fail you. He is not slack in his promises, and he does not fail. Rely on the God of your dreams. Don't rely on your dreams. <laughs> rely on the God of your dreams, the one who gave you the dream. He gave you the dream. God will not fail you. He will not become slack. Relax. Come on, loosen your belt. <laughs> 
Abandon the desert place that you're in. Let it go. What's the saying? Let go and let God. Come on. Because he won't abandon you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And finally, until you have finished the work, reach for greatness, saints. Reach for greatness and go beyond. Go beyond. You play to win the game. I don't care how many wins you have during the season. We're not counting the number of victories that you have. But you play to win the game. Reach for greatness. Go beyond. No, that's just for Jody. You know, she's, uh, she's going to do great in what it is she's doing. I'm doing this thing over here, and I'm just going to stay here and be behind the scenes, and I'm just going to do this much, and, you know, I'll just make that much money in life, and I'll have this small little thing over here and not that many people. I'll, if I can just save or, you know, if I can witness to one person and they get saved, and then that's great. No, listen, life is so You can do that in one day. You can do that in one week. We can do that in one week, and that's it. You only want to live one week? Come on. Life is years. Come on. With opportunities. Even if you failed every day of your life up to today, you still have an opportunity to be great. Because you have the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead living in you. Come on. You have the creator of the universe living in you. All he's asking you to do is reach. Father, I stretch my hand toward thee. He's asking you to reach for greatness, and if you'll do that, his greatness will meet you. Come on. He just wants you to reach for it. Well, I don't think I can do it. You can't do it. You can't do anything. All you can do is reach. He'll do the rest. Reach for greatness. He'll do it. Don't settle for less. If we don't reach for the clouds, what is heaven for? Henry David Thoreau, I believe, said that. If we don't reach for it, what is it there for? Come on. Reach for it. Go for it. Finish means completion of some process. So is your life complete? Maybe it is. Maybe you, you're saying, you know, my life is complete. I have everything that I need. I have a great husband, children, great job. I make all the money that I've ever wanted to make have all the material things that I want, all of my relationships spot on. Everybody, everyone in my life, they're all good to me. They always look to me uh, for advice, and uh, I always look to them. All of my children are wonderful. Uh, everything in my life is great. My job, it's the dream job. I never thought I would have this job. It's the greatest job I ever wanted in life. It's my dream job. The car, oh my God, you should see the car. It's beautiful, and this house that I live in, I'm fulfilled, all right? I don't have any belly, right? I'm in good shape, no blood pressure, no high glucose count. My mind is sharp. Ask a question. 27 times 6, I already know. See? Mind is sharp. I mean, everything is together. So if that's you, great. But I can just tell you, most of us, that's not us. A lot of us have many things together. Some of us don't have many things together at all. Come on. But very few of us, if any, have everything together. And so if your life is not complete, Paul is saying to you this morning, come on, let's finish. Let's finish. Let's get back up. Uh, the young people say, let's slay. 
Come on. Let's slay. I know the old people don't understand what that is. That's all right. Let's slay. Let's do it. Let's go for it. Go for the gusto. Let's go for it. Reach for greatness. Let's don't stop. Great prophet Michael Jackson said, don't stop till you get enough. Come on. The truth is, don't stop till God says it's time to stop. Don't stop. There is nothing more worthwhile than doing God's will and finishing it. Why? Because the Lord will say this. I'll leave this with you. Matthew 25, 21. This is what you want to hear him say. Well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share in my happiness. <laughs>